Good morning. How y'all? Good. Thanks, Ray. Welcome those who are watching online. Appreciate you tuning in. <clears throat> I want to introduce somebody to you. Siandria, where are you? Are you here? Siandria. Come, come on, come on over here. Some of you may not know, this is, this is Siandria, and she manages our bookstore. You can even hold that. Yeah. And uh, we're so proud of her. She is just doing a beautiful job of making the place look welcoming and, uh, and getting great books in there. Yeah, tell me some of the books you have in there, some of the authors that you have in the bookstore. She doesn't know I'm going to do this, so... <laughs> We'll see how good she really is. No, she really is good. <laughs> it's a little unfair, but... Well, we have some books by Ivan Tate. He has a children's book out. Yeah, um, here, you're gonna, oh. there you go, right there. There we go. Um, we also have uh, plenty of books by Sean Bowles. Um, we have a lot of books by... Danny okay. Silk, you have some in there from yeah. Danny Silk, yeah. Danny Silk, and then the guy that runs Bethel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Johnson, yeah. yes. Yes, Bill That's Johnson. Him, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of his name right now. <laughs> You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah, and so we have just a lot of, yeah, and David Crone, of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A lot of Dan McCollin. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, some great training books from Dan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the prophetic. Awesome. Good. Now, right now, uh, Sandria and Deborah and Ryan and I are working on a book that's based on the, uh, the declarations we've been making here on Sunday mornings. The book is finished. Uh, it was like a miraculous, uh, usually it takes me about four to six months to work through a book, done it in two weeks. And, uh, but Siandria is, is actually designing and, and implementing the cover for it, and it's just it's going to be beautiful. It's really creative. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So if any of you are writing books you need covers made, this is the gal for us. She really knows how, what she's doing. So really thankful. Well, we love you, Siandria. We're so glad you're part of the mission. How long have you been part of the mission now? Well, back when I was in college, I came here for about two years. Back when Magnus was here, he would oh, yeah. take me up here and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Then I moved, and when I came back, I've been here for maybe, I want to say four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We well, sure love you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, there you go. You never know when you will be picked out. That's what. It's good. She's just a wonderful young lady. Get to know her. Go into the bookstore, have a chat with her, buy one of my books. That's nice. (laughs) Uh, Last last week, uh, we took on the declaration uh, based on Ivan's word about churches, about the seasons of unnecessary warfare coming to an end. How many of you will agree with that? This is the time for that to happen, right? And uh, it, it's, it goes on, therefore the voice of the empowered church will be heard in the land and the giants of opposition will fall. Uh, Ryan did a great job last week of talking about unnecessary warfare and how to stay out of that kind of thing. But, and it was just excellent, great revelation in there. If you haven't listened to it, please do so. Um, but as I was listening, to, re-listening to Ivan's giving that word, that was part of it, but part of his, his word was also related to warfare that is just typical warfare that we have in life. And how many of you know that warfare is part of life? Some of you live in some ethereal state where this doesn't happen, right? Come on. It, it is just a, it's a part of our life. It's part of what we, what we go through and uh, and the context, part of the context he was talking about is those things that, that continue to plague us and harass us in these areas of warfare. And 
Uh, I want to, you know, there's three that, that I recognize and I think we all recognize are places of consistent warfare where we can get so wrapped up into those things and into those places that we, we, uh, we begin to get drained and stressed and, you know, just life just tries to take over in our life. Anybody relate to that? Okay. Um, and those three areas, I think, are finances, health, and relationships. And I think those pretty well cover the majority of, of what we deal with on an ongoing basis. Uh, and if you'll give me just some permission this morning to just kind of chat, that'd be okay? Um, yeah. <laughs> We're family, right? <laughs> So I want to talk about two of those things. We often talk about finances and how to be free in those, those areas, how to learn how to uh, operate in generosity. So I want to cover the two other ones this morning, just very briefly on the health issue, and then I want to talk about relationships uh, for a little longer t- uh, period of time. Uh, so if you, have, you know, if you have things cooking in the oven, I would encourage you to... Uh, you know, use your phone and change your phone app for your oven and turn things off. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody does that anymore anyway. We either go out to dinner or drive through or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, health. It, it sure feels like that there's a concerted effort of the enemy right now to take out leaders. Leaders of families, leaders of churches, leaders of businesses. Um, and we, we, just, we can't fall into this trap of if I leave the enemy alone, he'll leave us alone. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The church is to be on the offensive, not on the defensive. And in this area of health, you know, we... We go after healing in the room here. We, we do that as a church, as a people, and we've seen just a ton of people healed. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited about that, thrilled about that. But there are times when, you know, we just get harassed by this. And right now, it's, it's just a kind of a season where we're experiencing that. I see Joe back here. I'm so glad to see Joe Gerardo in the house today. But he went through weeks in the hospital, went through really a, a, a resurrection experience close to death, and God just brought him out of that. But, you know, that's, that's what we need to see all the time, everywhere we look. I'm so glad for that. But, we you know, um, Mark, uh, help me, Morrison, Mark Morrison is doing much better, but, you know, just went through this whole experience and and Ted Deeming, who's, who's dealing with cancer right now, that wants to take his life. And um, we lose Benny Johnson. And I think it's time that we not back away and say, well, that's just life. You know, you'll, you, you'll, you'll, you, when you pray for people in healing and you believe that, that they're going to get healed, you will, you will not see everyone healed. Let's get real. But here's the other side of that story. If we don't pray for people to be healed, we'll never see them healed. We'll not see any healings. Uh, years ago, many, many years ago, a young couple that we'd been kind of grooming for leadership in the church came into our office and Deb and I were there and they said we, we need to let you know we're leaving the church and I said well okay what are we doing that is make, making you uncomfortable or makes you feel like this is not a church that is biblical or what you know whatever it is and, and the word the thing that they said was you're praying for the sick as if you believe they'll be healed I said, yes, we do that. But what, but what is that about that that's, that's bothering you? Well, because we don't always see him healed. And when that happens, it's going to defeat the faith of the young Christians. 
Well, I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, but that just keeps sticking with me. We, we can't live there. I think it's time for us again as a, as a church to say enough's enough. And I know there are, there are many of you who have been praying for like Joe and, and Ted and these other, Mark and others who are struggling with, with uh, illnesses that just seem to have come on them. Uh, and, and that's wonderful. And there, you know, there are times where some of you are getting on Zoom calls and having prayer meetings and Mark and Tammy are, are sending out notices and all of that kind of thing. And that's, that's really good. Need to keep that up. <clears throat> but I think sometimes we need, to, we need to come into agreement with God's yes and amen. All of the promises are yes and amen, are yes in God and, and in him, amen. And, and the, that verse goes on to say, according to what's in us, to the one who's in us. So there is this reciprocal thing. When, when Jesus said, you can pray for the sick and they will be healed. And we're not seeing that. We need, to, we need to come into agreement with his yes and amen in that, on that passage because there is, there is an, a, a, an association that needs to happen between what he's saying, what, he's, what he has promised, and what we agree to. We can say we believe it, but if we're not willing to declare it and act on it, then we don't really believe it. And I, I, listen, there's no accusation in the room. I, I love you guys, and we all go after it. But I'm just saying sometimes there is the, the moment we have to stand on our feet and say, no, enough is enough. <laughs> I think he's waiting for us to come into agreement with his promises once again. His promise to heal was sealed at the cross. And when we don't, when we don't aggressively take hold of what he's put on the cross, we're leaving on the table something he died for. It takes courage to pray and believe for the sick. It takes faith. Because you put yourself in that position. I, years and years ago, we, we, we pray for somebody. Somebody says, ah, you know, I, I've got this illness. I've got this thing. And we say, we'll pray for you. And we don't do it right then. Because we don't want to risk the fact that they might not get healed. And then we feel like it's on us. When it's not. We're just simply coming into agreement. We're the touch point of heaven. On those in front of us. And so we began to pray for people, and that's what brought this young man into our office. We began to pray for people, and they say, how you doing? <laughs> you mean right, like right now? Yeah. Is something happening right now? Because it takes courage to do that. That's, that's what coming into agreement with him and saying, enough's enough. Jesus died for this man or this woman's healing, and we're going to stay with it. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep asking of uh, Bill, Bill Dew, who just, you know, loves to live in this arena. He was, he was talking to our, our school in the Philippines, and he said, you know, I've, I've seen, seen 2,000 people healed in my ministry. And I, these are not the exact numbers, but the, the equation's the same. And he said, would you like to know how I got that many healings? They said, yeah. Well, I prayed for 4,000 people. Come on. We had a woman gave a testimony here a few years ago. Uh, her name is, she lives in Colorado. She's from Australia. Norel, yeah, Norel, David and Norel Crabtree. They were here, and she gave the testimony of her experience in the disease of Lyme's disease. And in Australia, they, they didn't even recognize Lyme's disease, so you couldn't get treatment for Lyme's disease because they wouldn't recognize it as a reality. She came to the United States, got the treatment. The treatment was so radical that it, it was almost worse than the disease, and she was back home. 
And she was sitting like where Kathy's sitting right now in the front row of, of the church in, outside of, uh, in Australia. And um, they were having a conference. I think Bill Johnson was there and a few others that we're, we're familiar with was there. And she was sitting there and she had a vision. The Lord came and set, stood in front of her and then knelt down, put his hands on her knees or on her feet and said, I'm not good with you being sick. And she realized that she had accepted the disease. And in that moment, she was instantly healed. Instantly healed. Radically transformed her physical life and everything else around her. I'm not happy with you being sick. You know, Jesus is coming into the city and the blind blind Bartimaeus was on the road. And he began to cry out, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Did it three times. The crowd didn't like it. Crowd usually doesn't. Because the crowd doesn't want to be embarrassed. But Jesus is attracted by that. Jesus, have mercy on me. And he comes to the man, he looks him in the eye, and he says, What would you have me do for you? (laughs) What would you have me? Does Jesus know he's blind? Yeah, yeah, he knows he's blind. What is he looking for? He's looking for an amen. He's looking for an agreement. He's looking for faith. And when he sees faith, he responds and heals the blind man. He's looking for that in us. To say enough's enough. I don't care if it's embarrassing to the crowd around me. I want to see God heal. One of the ways we do that, of course, is to pray for people. Another is to, is to declare some things. Declaration does a number of things. One, it puts it out in the atmosphere that this is what we believe. It puts it out in the atmosphere and we, it makes us accountable for what we're saying out loud. Make sense to you? It, it makes us accountable to ourselves and to the word that we've spoken. And it begins to build faith in our heart to go after those things. Several years ago, we did some health declarations. We're going we're gonna to do them again right now. You ready for that? You ready to stand up and say enough's enough? Can you do it with enthusiasm? <laughs> well, let's stand up. If you'll put the health declarations up there, please. You ready? Here we go. We declare that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God is our healer. We declare that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us and gives life to our mortal bodies. We declare that complete health is the nature of the kingdom of God. We declare that the stripes on Jesus' back are for our healing and that physical health is our Father's will. Therefore, we say enough to illness, disease, and injury. We say enough to cancer of every kind, immune deficiency disease, respiratory illnesses, and diabetes. We say enough to pulmonary disease, brain disorders, and nervous conditions. We say enough to heart disease, heart attack, and strokes. We declare that we have had enough, and we take hold of the work of the cross and receive our physical health, vitality, and strength. Who in the room right now needs a healing in their body? Lift your hand. I want people to come around you and a a simple prayer of just simply say we've had enough and declare healing in that area 
that they're sick. Just do it. It'll take us 30 seconds. You've just made a declaration. Now we're going to follow it up with obedience. In Jesus' name right now, we declare that whatever the illness is in this person's body, we declare enough is enough. And we declare the healing power and anointing of the Holy Spirit on them right now. We say amen to what you've already declared at the cross. And we bring that healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, an anointing that goes from the top of the head all the way down to the toes, flows all the way through the body, and heals that which is not right, that which has not been yet restored, that which has been violated in the body. In Jesus' name, we declare pain to go in the name of Jesus, and the source of that pain to be corrected in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now ask them how they're doing. Ask them how they're doing. If they have some, a way to know that there's been a change... Make sure and let the person know there's been a change, a tingling, something going on in the body. Anybody that's been prayed for this morning, raise your hand if a change has happened. Raise your hand if a change is, yes, right there. Over there. Over here. Come on. Come on, let's give him praise. Let's give him thanks. Another one right here. Let's give him thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. It's good. It's good. All right, you go ahead and be seated. If you want to sit down with that person and keep praying for them, you're welcome to do that. I want to talk about relationships and the restoration of relationships. There's a passage out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. says this, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, uh, how many are thankful you've been reconciled to Christ? Right? It's a pretty cool thing. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What is it saying here? Saying all of us in this room that know Jesus Christ, that have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, we have the ministry or the service of bringing other people to reconciliation. And we have the word or the message of reconciliation. Our life is a living testimony of the reconciliation of Christ. And that that word is to come out of our mouth. It's time, as, as our declaration that Ivan inspired in us, it's time for the church to not be ashamed of being the church. Of the believer, not be ashamed of being the believer. We have allowed the woke culture to silence us. It's time for that to change. Because we have the message and the ministry. Not of our opinion. But of reconciliation to God. That is our cause. Reconciliation means to exchange from Conflict to peace, from uh, a sense of enmity or anger and rage and all that into friendship, from disfavor to favor. Simply put, our assignment is to to be a bridge that allows people to move from disfavor to favor, to, to move from being at war with God to being at peace with God. And I, I will I will extend it to this too this morning that it's also. We have been given the ministry of reconciling brothers to brothers in the Lord. Because we can sit here and say, yeah, our, our, our differences is with the world. No, the problem is in the church, in the church, the big church, is that we have irreconcilable, what we call irreconcilable differences with one another. Want me to stop now? not to bring people have a common opinion, 
but a common reality of Christ and a common rebuilding of relationships. We're to be a bridge to those who don't know Christ and to those that we are in conflict with in the body. If the world sees the conflict in the church, there, there is no attraction. We're to be a bridge. We have to be willing. Ryan said it as he, as he was talking about the offering this morning. And welcoming. He talked about the fact laying down our own opinions, laying down our own agendas. That's, that's how we become reconcilers. That's how, that's how we are a bridge willing to lay down our life for others to walk across so that they can have what we have. So that we can restore relationship with brothers and sisters in the Lord. There has to be a humility. God gives grace to the humble. Resist the proud. And we wonder why we can't get that reconciliation in relationship. Sometimes because we haven't been willing to lay our pride down. (laughs) Ah, You guys are great. You online, you're so, you're so thankful you can just simply turn that off this morning. <laughs> can, can you imagine if every, every one of us took the responsibility to build a bridge? To lay our life down for others. Because there's so many in the world that can't even, can't even conceive of being able to be reconciled to God. They can't even, you know, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, if I walk in the church, it'll fall off. It'll fall over, right? It'll, the roof will cave in. Oh, God wouldn't want me, you know, for this reason or that reason. They can't even conceive that there is a possibility that they can have peace with God. You and I get to lay our life down so that they can. And this is what Jamie was talking about when he said, you get to reach heaven in one hand and the other, put your hand on the friend or the person or the persons around you until you see the kingdom manifested in them. That's what he's talking about. It's being willing to lay our life down. Paul talks about being all things to all men that I might win some. That doesn't mean I become an alcoholic so I can win the alcoholic. Right? But I'll lay down my judgment of those I don't agree with or those that I feel are outside of what God intends. I'll lay down my judgment and my opinion so that I can be to that person what they need to draw them to Christ. The same is true of our relationship with one another. We have to lay down our right to be right. I'm just talking. Okay, I'm, I'm just talking. Hmm. Hmm. And I, I, you know, unity, in Psalms 133, it says, how blessed and good it is for a brethren, meaning those of the same Father, it's all of us, to dwell together in unity. goes on and talks about the oil that comes and, and the refreshing dew that comes, which are all have a, a lot of symbolism we don't have time for this morning. And then at the end it says, that's where he directs his blessing. Even life forevermore. Wow. It's there. And one of the dynamics of, of unity is having the message of reconciliation. If we don't have that, we'll never walk in unit, the kind of unity that attracts people. The church needs to be that roaring lion. <laughs> All right? The one who knows who we know who we are we know who he is in us and we're not afraid to be reconcilers. We're not afraid. We don't have to stand on this thing about, well, I, if, I, 
if I lay down my opinion, if I lay down my, uh, my sense of what's right and wrong, then I'll be approving of everything. No, you don't have to do that. That's not what it's about. It's about being Christ to that person. Yeah, but those people really hurt me. Probably. Probably so. It happens, right? But if I want to win that person back into relationship, I have to lay myself down. I have to be a bridge. He's waiting for us to be a bridge. He can work on that. And and here's the thing. when When you do that, God begins to work on the hearts of those people. And on yours. (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to hear that. And that, was, that was good, though. <laughs> it was good. And then he works, he works on us, because then he's, he's invited into the process. Our pride holds him out of the process. We can't figure out why we can't restore that thing. Anybody still in the room? Yeah. Right? So let me, let me just... Just tell you a story. Well, first, let, there's a story about Jonathan and David. You know, they were great friends, right? They were like, just a, they were tied together in in friendship. And uh, Jonathan was the rightful heir to the kingdom. Solomon, Saul was his father. It would be Saul, then Jonathan, then Jonathan's son, and it would follow that. This is what God aligned when he, when he um, put Saul in the kingship. But Saul, through his rebellion, lost that ability to pass that lineage on down. So Jonathan was now a man who rightfully should have the kingdom, but David's now been anointed king. And if you'll read the story of Jonathan, you'll find that Jonathan... Was an amazing young man that he was willing to give up his turn and serve the one who had usurped his turn. Do you get what I'm saying? What did he do? He said, I'm going to serve this one. I'm going to lay down my right to being king to serve my friend. It's an amazing story. It's like we, we sometimes have to give up our place in line so that others can receive. Uh, anyway. Oh. All right. So here's a story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back in 2005, we had been, we'd been part of a, a denomination. And um, we really felt we heard from the Holy Spirit that it was time to withdraw from that denomination and align ourselves with some other churches and people. And there was no anger there. There was no, uh, like, we weren't uh, mad at that particular denomination. It's not like we were, you know, angry and we're, we're going to take our ball and go home. But we just knew. We, we had some prophetic dreams, prophetic words. And uh, we felt like we needed to do that. So we went, we started the process of doing that. Uh, The process got rather messy because the denomination were experiencing others who were doing the same thing and they were hurt. They were wanting to stop the bleeding. Um, And so we kind of became the object of their uh, concern. So in that, in that process, uh, I received a letter uh, accusing me of five different things that none of them were true. But they were based on assumptions they made about what we did as a church and that kind of thing. It, it, got, it got rather messy. Messy is the only word. Aren't, relationships are messy sometimes, right? You get that? Um, But we moved through that, and they would not allow me to resign 
my ordination from there. Uh, instead, they dismissed me, which simply meant that uh, we were supposedly not allowed to go into churches that were of that denomination. They could not allow pastors or leaders or um, missionaries to, to come here if they were part of that denomination or they would lose their uh, ordination. It's all that kind of stuff. It was, it was just messy. And I, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I don't like that, but we did what we were supposed to do. So, I, you know, you take on the consequences of your actions. Um, and I just kind of let that, let that sit. We, we had an issue in Fiji because of it, but we were able to resolve that. So I just thought, well, this is fine. Not a big deal. Until about five years ago, Justin Kagan, I think Justin's in another part of the world this morning. I don't see him in the room. He comes back, I think, this week. But uh, Justin was, was sharing with me an experience he, ha- he had just had. Uh, Justin is Jewish, and uh, when, he, when he told his mom that he'd become a Christian, his mom said, well, then you're no longer Jewish. And Justin just kind of accepted that and kind of pushed aside his Jewishness and didn't, didn't think much about it, didn't, you know, and until he was sharing with me that the Lord began to talk to him about tapping into his heritage as a Jew that was important to his effectiveness in ministering to people in the world that he lived in, which was often a business world and agricultural world. And um, right when he said that, God just said, I'm talking to you. You ever had that happen? I'm talking to you. (laughs) So I I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to tap back into your heritage that's in that denomination that I'd spent 34 years in. So it was not just a brief encounter, right? And I did have great heritage there. I I loved them and the the people there and, and our time there. But I had shoved that aside, and the Lord just saying, I want you to tap back into that. I said, well, what does that mean, Lord? You, you don't want us to go back into that. No, I don't want you to go back into the denomination, but I just want you to tap into that. So I want you to connect with them. So I did. And I made a phone call to the district office and uh, said, I'd like to meet with superintendent, assistant superintendent. Uh, just just want to reestablish relationship. Now, these are new. The, the superintendent was new from when we had been, uh, when we left. So it was a different guy. And I immediately knew that he carried the spirit of reconciliation because his secretary called me and said, yeah, they would love to come and sit down in your office and hear what God's doing in your church. And I thought, this man's of a different spirit. And I said, no, no, it's okay. He said, oh, no, no, they, they want to come. So they did. And Deb and I sat with them for about three hours, fellowshiped together, prayed together, laughed together, shared what God was doing here. They shared what God was doing in their ministry, had lunch together. Now I'm going to go back a few years, right at the time when we were when he just received notice that we had been dismissed, I was ready to write a letter lining out everything they had done wrong in the process. Yeah, I could be a lawyer. I just want to make it clear. This is what you did in violation of your own constitution, blah, 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 blah. I had it all. I had it all worked out. And I was that morning going to get up and write it and send it off. And the Lord, when I woke up, the Lord said, staying where you are is not an option. I had a conversation with the Holy Spirit about that until about noon that day when I realized he wasn't giving me a sermon title. He was actually talking to me. Right? <laughs> and I had this conversation. It was an amazing conversation. I said, Lord, I said, I said, this is about this letter, isn't it? He said, yeah, it is. If you stay in the position you are right now, you will lose your destiny. 
You'll gain some of it, but you'll lose a large part of what I want to do in your life if you stay in this position and do what you're thinking of doing. So I said, okay, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to write a letter of blessing. So I did. Wrote a letter of blessing, sent it off, never really heard anything from anybody. Uh, And now we come back to this conversation I'm having with the superintendent and assistant superintendent. And I didn't ask him in that meeting, you think you could change this status that I, that I have? I, I didn't think it was all that important. I just wanted to reestablish some relationship. The superintendent said, as, as he was getting ready to leave, he said, I don't know why you were dismissed, because I haven't ch- tried to find out. But as soon as I get back to the office, I'm going to check your file. And see what, what, what this was all about. If I had written. That letter of opposition. Of anger. That's what would have been in my file. But instead. He's going to find a letter. Of thanksgiving and appreciation. While you're listening to this story. I want you to grab hold of the keys. That are in this story. On how to reconcile. All right? That's why I'm telling the story. I'm not going to go through those keys. You're going to have to figure them out by discerning the story. Okay? So <clears throat> he says, I'm going to look in your file and, and I'll get back to you. And I'll see what we can do to change your status. And until that moment, I didn't understand how important that was to me. Because I pushed that aside. Rejection is something that stays with you. And especially as men, we we know how to compartmentalize really well. And that was a compartment that I'd closed off. It didn't matter. (laughs) Well, I realized in that moment it mattered. Well, he went back and he got a hold of me a little while later. And and, uh, we started a process. And then in November 2019, I was directed to write a letter to those that had dismissed me. I wrote a letter. Again, it was a letter of appreciation. And then on March 20, March, I think, the 21st, 2020, I received a letter from the national office, a letter of blessing and restoration, changing my status from dismissed to resigned with blessing. Say, well, what's the big deal about that? There's something in the universe that shifts when reconciliation between brothers and sisters are found. Do you understand that? I, I, I wept. Not realizing the healing that had taken place inside of me. Since then, I've been in touch with the officials off and on. And last week, received a call from the assistant superintendent invited me to come to the denomination's men's retreat and do the opening and closing of that retreat. And then I got uh, an email from secretary of the denominational head saying he invited Deborah and I to come to the ministerial retreat And they would pay our way to be there. Reconciliation. I think heaven claps when that takes place. This has really been touching my heart. A couple of weeks ago, even before these calls came through, Lord had been dealing with me on reconciliation in relationships. And there was a young man years ago that uh, was just a dear, dear friend. And um, they moved. um, And the relationship was 
was separated, not really so much because of their move, but just some other things that had taken place just before they moved. And the relationship was strained. So I, I had reached out on several occasions. Um, just a text or a, an email or something. And over the years, never got a response. But when God began to deal with me about this, this again, and I recognized the, the power of what these officials from the district did, what they did in reconciling themselves to me and me to them. When I saw the power of that, I said, I'm going to reach out one more time. I sent a text. Within five minutes, I got a text back. And it was a wonderful text. It felt like we were friends again and have been all alone. Makes me wonder what we could change if we're willing to lay down our own pride, lay aside our own agendas, be all things to all men that we might win some. We just may be able to win back some of those relationships. Not all of them. It's almost like praying for the sick, right? (laughs) But you do what you know how to do, what you can do, and leave the rest up to God. Reconciliation is the cause of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is saying here. What Paul says in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's as if we're saying, be reconciled to Christ. Well, it's be reconciled to me. I want to be reconciled to you. So who has a relationship, as you're hearing this story, that needs some restoration, needs some reconciliation? You really need to say, yep, I got one. I got one, yeah. Well, again, we're going to do some declarations, Okay. Uh, uh, worship team, why don't you come up? Don't you love our worship teams? Don't you love them? Those of you who raise your hand, would you mind standing? Those of you who raise their hand, stand. I, I want to pray over you before we do these declarations because I think there's some real courage necessary in this moment. There's some real courage necessary. Because part of the, the reason for courage is there, is there is the possibility of again being rejected when you reach out to them. Possibility's there. But let me tell you, if you'll do it, there's grace even if they reject you again to enable you to get through that at a different level than you have before. There's grace for that. But there's also courage that's required. So I want to pray courage over you guys right now that are standing. Uh, I'm standing. I'm standing too. Because I, I have some more that I want to go after. And I've done that. I've reached out to a couple of others. Got a response from one other. and just want to continue to do this. Listen, if we can't reconcile to one another, how are we going to reconcile the church, the the people of the world, to God? It's not like we can, we, we men think we can compartmentalize, but we don't understand that what's hidden in that one compartment affects everything else. So we say it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter because it'll affect everything in our lives. We just don't realize it until something changes. So thank you. You're so, I'm so proud of you to the courage you standing right now. Tremendous courage to do what you're doing right now. Because you're now declaring to heaven, I want to be an agent of reconciliation. You know what that means, don't you? You have the message and you have the service to do it. So it's turning to serve somebody that in the past you felt they needed to serve me because they violated me. I know it's sobering, isn't it? But it's so powerful when it happens. So Father, I pray for these that are standing right now. I declare over each one of them a fresh spirit of courage to infect their inner person. 
that the God that's in him rises up. Like Paul, Paul prayed that we would not just have God in us, but be filled with all the fullness of him. So I pray for a fresh filling of who you are in each one of our lives this morning, that we might have the courage to go after those things that you are calling us to. Lord, we, we're not looking to just poke the bear. We're looking to be directed by your spirit to the places we know that you're already, already setting up for reconciliation. And I pray courage over everyone that's standing right now to make the declarations we're about to make. Courage to follow through with a phone call, with a, with a text, with, with meeting them for lunch, with some way of recon- coming into, op- into that place of reconciliation. So pray courage. Courage, courage, courage. Let's everybody stand. We're going to make these declarations. Can you do them with enthusiasm? (laughs) All five of you, I'm so glad. You ready? Here we go. We declare that the Holy Spirit is our peacemaker and the reconciler of broken and bruised relationships. We declare that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation as children of God. Therefore, we say enough to shattered, damaged, and estranged relationship. We say enough to unfaithfulness, irreconcilable differences, and divorce. We say enough to contention and hostility. We say enough... Okay, I want to make sure I'm hearing you. Next. We say enough to the demonic spirits of hostility, rejection, contention, control, and manipulation. And we release the spirit of love, generosity, thanksgiving, and grace. We declare the return of the prodigal and the recovery of the lost. We declare the return of children to parents and parents to children. We declare the godly resolution of conflict and the completion of healthy relational agreements. And we say, set up. You have been set up. You know, when we make those declarations, heaven hears. (laughs) That means then that all the resources of heaven are at our disposal. I am convinced through the prophetic words that we've had, what God has said in my own heart, that we are in line for a dramatic move of God. That will change the landscape. And one of the, one of the words that Ivan gave us, and we'll, we'll talk about this one fully later, but he talked about it's a time of filling, right? The time of filling is upon us. Like, f- not feeling, filling. Not withdrawing is upon us. Here's the deal. If we don't get this reconciliation thing started in us right now, God's going to bring people here that are absolutely going to push your buttons. They're not going to be like us necessarily, but they need Jesus. See, I grew up, I grew up in the Jesus movement, Jesus people movement. When all these hippies started coming into churches where everybody was wearing a suit and they had shorts that almost covered them and t-shirts that were torn, dirty sometimes. 
but they were hungry. They had gotten saved out in the streets, gotten saved in houses. Absolute sovereign move of God. But they came into the church and many churches rejected them because they didn't look like them. They didn't talk like them. They used language that's not in the churches. You hear me? And they're going to push our buttons because they're going to come in thinking they're okay. And they are. Jesus loves them. But they're coming because they need what we can give them in Christ. And if we don't get this reconciliation thing among ourselves, we'll never be able to do it with them. Am I right, Sandy? Yes. Yes. They may not look like us. Probably won't. May not dress like us. Although we dress pretty raggedy around here. It's okay. And I love it. They'll have ideas. (laughs) About life and what's right and what's wrong that may not line up with biblical standards. And we will not be able to be that bridge with them if we can't be that bridge with one another. Am I... Am I hitting you guys? It's okay. So this is the fun part, isn't it? We're going to be filled... But it's going to be filled often with people. <laughs> They're going to wig you out. Me too. Me too. So let's reconcile to one another. And it doesn't have to be people within the church here, but some of your relatives, some of your friends, some of those things out there that are just getting... The relationships have gone sideways. It's time to be ministers, servants of reconciliation. And let the message of reconciliation, we have been reconciled by Christ. That's our privilege. It's our privilege to pass it on to others. All right. What what are we singing? I forgot. Okay, let's let's thank God. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Go ahead. You picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart, changed my name, forever free. I'm I am not the same. same. I, I thank the Master, master. I, I thank the, the Savior. Because you picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior. Because you healed my heart, changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior. Picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet. I thank the Savior because you healed my heart, changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Come on, let's celebrate this. this verse.
Sometimes we, we, we sing where we don't understand. So it says, so long to my old friends. That doesn't mean we're saying goodbye to our friends, but the friends of burden and bitterness. The friends of burden and bitterness. Okay, now you can sing it with understanding. Here we go. another one it's true but here's what I want us to sing God's got another one <laughs> God's got another one ready here we go sing it into their destiny, not into their history. All right, ready? Here we go. God's got another one. They are free. They are free. They are free. God's got another one. They are free. They are free. Sing it again.
here's the deal. You got your assignment, right? And here's your second assignment. If you have kids in the children's ministry, please go get them. So they're not so, the kids ministry people can not have a break in relationship with me. All right. I love you guys. Ministry team, if you come on down. Anybody needs ministry this morning, wants to be prayed for. Those of you who are healed this morning, continue to claim that healing. Walk in the healing. And don't back away from it. Don't back away from it.